Hey everybody, it's Christina Caramo and welcome to It's Solid Food. So guess what folks, we have special guest Shane Trejo from Big League Politics on our show. He's going to be talking about how the Attorney General of Michigan tried to shut him down when he was exposing audio clips from the poll worker training. How the whole thing front at the absentee counting board was set up for fraud and to disenfranchise Republican poll challengers. Folks, we are in an information war and we have a lot of things to talk about. We need to know what's going on. We need to report what's happening. So make sure that you share this video so that information can get out to the public. The news media is lying to us. And I know I say that every episode because it's so critical that these stories get out so you can be an empowered member of society. Remember, folks, influence is more important than power. And the influence lever in society is purposely misinforming you so you can give power to the wrong people. And one of the main ways to disenfranchise us is through election fraud. Because if we don't deal with this fraudulent election, then we can guarantee every election after this, your voice will never be heard. Every person in leadership will be picked for you. And that is not what America is about. I'm Christina Caramo, and now it's time for some solid food. apologetics, culture, and politics. So today I have a really special guest with me. I have Shane Trejo from Big League Politics. Thank you, Shane, for joining us today. I'm so excited to have you here to get all updates on this great information that you have been doing some fantastic investigative work on all this horrible election fraud that we have been seeing. And as one of my friends said, we are now the press. <laughs> They're not doing their job. So Shane, you know, the first question I have is, Tell me about the leak, because I know some people may not be familiar with it, but you actually leaked audio of training for the poll workers that uh, is beyond suspect. Can you tell us what you got there? Okay, before the election, you know, we, uh, people knew, you know, like Trump was posting about how there was going to be extreme election fraud, uh, particularly pertaining to the absentee and mail-in ballots uh, months in advance. So it was really easy to telegraph what was going to happen. So uh, we got a mole in to the Detroit poll workers trainings. Uh, a lot of Republicans who signed up to be poll workers, they were purposefully disenfranchised. They were not trained um, so, so that, you know, the steal could happen. So this was orchestrated well in advance. The Republican poll workers were disenfranchised, but uh, there were a handful that still made it through. And one of them, uh, actually, you know, took a tape recorder into the poll worker training and recorded just to see, you know, is this going to be on the level? Are they going to be teaching people how to cheat? And, you know, we kind of struck the mother load there because he found, uh, you know, the, one of the trainers was, you know, telling the workers how to disenfranchise the, the, the poll challengers, how to use COVID-19 restrictions, um, the six feet rule to keep uh, poll challengers from being able to do their jobs. You know, the poll worker trainer was like, oh, they won't be able to see it uh, even with binoculars. And then all the poll workers laughed and mm -hmm. cackled about it uh, at how the poll challengers would be disenfranchised and have their rights stripped from them. There was also other, I think that's the, really the smoking gun there that shows right. that they were plotting to, to do this election steal in advance. But there's also other stuff there that just shows how ridiculous the system is, how 16-year-old kids were the electronic uh, poll book inspectors and tasked with, uh, yeah, having the computers that, you know, ultimately tabulated the votes and determined, uh, you know, the results of the election. And it was being handed off to random people because the 16 year olds couldn't stay, you know, till all hours of the night. So they just handed off to some random worker. So a lot of this stuff was revealed in the Detroit leaks. Uh, the video went viral before the election. And then immediately after the election, when people started seeing what was going on at TCF, with the mystery ballots coming in, with the poll workers boarding up and literally covering up the process, covering up transparency, poll challengers being dragged out just for doing their jobs, poll challengers, uh, you know, locked out of the facility. Uh, it was just, you know, Soviet style stuff. So immediately after that, Detroit leaks just went ultra viral. It's it's been spread, you know, it's been banned from YouTube, but it just keeps randomly showing up on YouTube. I've seen it 
at least four iterations of it on YouTube and all of them had hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views. Then there's a, it's on a, a website called Rumble, which I've never even heard of, mm -hmm. but until I saw Detroit Leaks posted on there and that has, you know, 500, 600,000 views there. Uh, my account, uh, Detroit Leaks on BitChute, which is the one I use to get the word out aside from YouTube, on BitChute, it has over 100,000 views on my account alone. And then there's other ones that have been reposted. Uh, and it has, you know, hundreds of thousands of more views there. So uh, millions of people have seen this video. And it's definitely on the uh, radar of Attorney General Dana Nessel, because she sent mm -hmm. a cease and desist order to my publisher, Big League Politics, to get the Detroit League series off the internet. Unfortunately for her, with social media and with the people and with, you know, the, the guerrilla aspect of the, the new journalism, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's like almost like, uh, you know, how it used to be in, in, uh, in, in previous tyrannies where there's sort of like a, an underground trail of information that's being spread uh, to fight back against the power. And that's what we're seeing with Detroit Leaks. And it's, it's really encouraging. It shows how you know, information just cannot be suppressed in this digital age. I mean, maybe they're trying to do it, but even through all of the different ways that they're censoring on big tech with their monopolies and with government approval and with the corporations in on this censorship, even then the people will find a way to get the truth out. And it really pisses off the government, including uh, Dana Nessel. You know, it's interesting you say that, Shane. Guerrilla journalism. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Guerrilla journalism, because that's exactly what it is. Um, I shared on Monday's episode that I was at the TCF Center, and I've shared before that I was there. And, you know, they try to discredit and say that people weren't removed. Actually, I don't know how. I don't know why. I get email updates from Channel 4, but I've been getting them for years. And they sent out these apparent fact checkers who said, we're poll workers, poll challengers removed from TCF? No, that's not true. And I'm like, first of all, I watched it with my own two eyes. Second of all, somebody got video of it. I mean, it's, it's the ultimate gaslighting. To me, of all the things that I've known the media have lied about, but that to me was the ultimate gaslighting. I mean, and, and that's the ultimate problem, as you mentioned, the information is gonna get out there. And let me ask you this about Dana Nessel. What are her grounds for the cease and desist order? Uh, well, she did not cite any law. Uh, she inferred that my uh, accurate election reporting uh, was some, some form of electoral manipulation. So it's the thing where uh, if you report on electoral manipulation, you're guilty of electoral manipulation. So that's how Orwellian it's gotten. That's how backwards, how inverted everything is in this day and age. It's, it's very, very frightening. But, um, but I, I do think that Nestle's gambit backfired uh, because after the, the word got out that Nestle sent the cease and desist order to big league politics, it became a huge story. Mm -hmm. It's been covered by Tucker Carlson, by all kinds of people. It's gotten, you know, widespread, even, you know, conservative outlets that I'm not necessarily a big fan of, I think are more establishment. Mm -hmm. Even they're like, wow, you know, even if, you know, they're like, wow, this is crazy. You know, even if this is wrong, even if the reporting is bad, which it isn't, but even if it was a cease and disorder, um, like this, a threat like this is just heinously anti-First Amendment, anti-free speech, just, you know, Soviet-style thuggery from, from Dana Nessel. It so is. It's, it's just absolutely insane, but it's backfired on her. And I'll actually go into, you know, my theory on why she sent the letter. Right. What happened was uh, there was a lawsuit, uh, incoming state representative Steve Kara and uh, whistleblower Bob Cushman filed mm -hmm. a lawsuit against uh, the Secretary of State because of the COVID restrictions, how they were gonna be used to disenfranchise poll challengers. Mm -hmm. So they, they, uh, they, they filed this lawsuit and initially Dana Nessel came out and said, you know, her usual tactics that this is Republican, uh, they hate the public, <laughs> they, they're, they're partisan, they, mm -hmm. they hate the public health, you know, they wanna interfere, you know, just the usual BS. Mm -hmm. but, then, uh, but then it was the, the hearing day and uh, this was a day before she said all that stuff, you know, maligning Republicans, doing her usual lies and spin. Uh, then a day later, she completely capitulated. Mm. They completely allowed uh, Kara and Cushman uh, their request to enumerate in the, in the regulations that uh, poll challengers could do their jobs. You know, they're expected to comply with uh, COVID 
mandates, but if they have to get in there to look at a ballot or challenge something, they, they're certainly within their legal rights to do so. That was the change policy by the state. So the state completely capitulated. And mm. on that same day, mm. on that same day, they, she sent the cease and desist order to big league politics. We only learned about it like a, a week or so in advance or we, a week and so afterwards that she sent it. We didn't understand it till after the, it was sent before the election. We didn't mm. get it till after the election. So I think it was like a tantrum of sorts. I think that, right. you know, Nestle wanted to throw the Republicans under the bus. She didn't want to give them a victory in the courts. Right. But then once she became aware of the Detroit Leaks video, where they're all cackling about how uh, they're going to use six feet uh, distancing rules to disenfranchise all the poll challengers. Mm -hmm. Once she saw that smoking gun, she had to capitulate and she didn't like it. And in like a tantrum, in a fit, she sent out that cease and desist order to stick it to us. But then it backfired. It, it got tons of press. I was just on One American News today. Wow. They, you know, they were they were like, "Oh, thank you so much for your patriotism and for your heroism. Stand strong." And I'm like, "Well, th well, thank you so much. It's great to get you know this outpouring of support from people at this time because right. I always imagined when when it was going down when I was going to get you know persecuted for my journalism that there wouldn't be many people in my corner and there are so many people in my corner. It is humbling. It is awe inspiring." And I'm continuing to do uh, media, you know, local media, like like on this podcast, as well as national media. I've been on Michelle Malkin. I've been on Newsmax, OAN now, uh, VDR, and I'm going to try to get on more outlets in the in the future, just to keep this out there. Make sure that uh, people realize that this was a the steal of the century. That this was fraud. And you know, they're, they're saying that there's no evidence. Uh, the sworn affidavits aren't evidence. Well, I mean, if, if the sworn affidavits, if we're lying, investigate us, investigate us. If we're all lying Trump supporters, investigate the claims, prove them wrong, put us all in jail, discredit mm -hmm. us. Why don't exactly. you do that? But they're, they're not doing that because they know it's true. They ban any sort of recording in the absentee voter center and then say, oh, you don't have evidence. Uh, well, well, it would have been it would have been illegal to record. We could have potentially been prosecuted if we were to record it. So it's just all so rigged, so disgusting. But more and more people are seeing through it, and we just have to keep fighting against the the gaslighting that's coming from every level. You know, Shane, I, I appreciate what you're doing because you're so right that we. You know, we okay. like the comment earlier about the guerrilla journalism. That's the way it works. We just have to keep pushing this story and we have to keep pushing the story because it's so telling that she didn't cite any statue when she sent the cease and desist order. To me, that's critical because as attorney general, her job is to simply enforce the law. So if there's no law you're enforcing, then what legal standing do you have? To me, her, Gretchen and Jocelyn Benson, they kind of work in tandem to be like these, these dictators. And when we say this, people, they think we're over-exaggerating because when people think of dictators, they think of the extreme. They don't understand there's levels to it. You don't either go from Gretchen Whitmer to Hitler. Like there's so many, there's so many levels between that. And what people have to understand about dictators, they just don't wake up one day and be a dictator, like just be this murderous dictator. It doesn't work like that. It's like the, you know, a lot of these things are cliche, but like the whole frog in boiling water. If you just come out, the, then that's how the Democrats have been working because I talked to so many people who are genuinely genuinely greatly misinformed so if these people came out and said exactly what they think exactly what their objectives are the entire american public would turn against them very quickly but instead what they do is they pretend they're nice and benevolent the media plays cover for them and so they can secretly do the things that they want to do until it gets out of control you know and, and to me that that's really scary to think that dana nessel wants to weaponize to weaponize the AG's office. You know, I mean, I know this may sound strange, but I don't even think the AG office should be partisan because enforcing the law is not a partisan issue. You just enforce the law and then judges interpret the law. It should, to me, that stuff should not be partisan, but unfortunately it is, it is. So she, so basically she kind of backed off and she went away. So is that over with, or do you have any more, anything else you have to do in regards to that cease and desist order or is it just done? 
Well, after it became a big viral story, uh, Dana Nessel uh, said that, you know, she's going to come out with a statement about it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I was a little nervous. Like, is the statement going to be charges? Are she going to double down? Is she that crazy? Is she that desperate? Mm -hmm. But no, what she basically did was said, uh, you know, stood by her, you know, the cease and desist and said, oh, we're still, it's an act, we're actively investigating. (laughs) So it's just, yeah, it's pathetic. I think that's more of a capitulation on her part. Uh, but who knows, maybe they're, they're fishing, you know, like, like they did in the Russian investigation. They're fishing for any sort of crime so that they can demonize the whistleblowers. As we saw yesterday in Wayne County, there is a organized campaign of terror going on for any whistleblower or any authority figure, whether they're a lawyer representing Trump in court, whether they're a member of the board of canvassers who can certify the election or choose not to certify the election, whether it's judges, politicians, they're all getting terrorized at every level. They're, uh, you know, Antifa and social media, these big tech monopolies, they openly provide platforms and allow these left-wing terrorists to uh, come after us and enforce this deal. Uh, they're complicit and, you know, they're, they're, and they're, the left is never held accountable for this, uh, for any sort of terrorist threats that they make toward uh, people in power or people, whistleblowers or anyone like that. And that's why, you know, I think that, you know, we're, if, if we can't overturn this deal, we're going to be living in a, a Soviet style despotism that's enforced by modern big brother technology. You know, and you're, and you're right, Shay. And again, for people listening, we're not over exaggerating. As you mentioned, like with the Wayne County Board of Canvassers, we had an elected official, recently elected official, threaten one of the Wayne County Board of Canvassers. You know, the one guy I was mentioned earlier, he was just an obnoxious grandstander who needs to be fired, Ned Stabler. I mean, he's just a clown. But this other guy, Abraham Ayash, I, I'm maybe mispronouncing his name, but I, I'm not, I don't even care to pronounce it correctly because he's, he's a piece of crap. And I'm going to say that because he not only mentioned the board of campuses, one of her name, he mentioned the city she lives in, where her kids go to school. I mean, this is like public evidence. This is not something I'm saying. You can see the Zoom video yourself. So when you're calling someone an evil person, <clears throat> he's lying and calling this person a racist, which is not, I know this person personally, but that's besides the point. But he's sitting there calling this person all types of horrible names and saying how evil they are, then proceed to list where they live and where their children go to school. I mean, that's exactly how these communist and Soviet-style governments work. They, what they do is they intimidate people. I remember I was listening to, I think it was G. Edward Griffin. Have you ever seen the videos like from the late 60s where he was talking about communism in America? And he was talking about how I'm pretty sure it was in that video. I'm like 90% sure it's him who said it, but they were saying basically the way the, the Soviets or these communist governments work, they get to a point where they're no longer killing people because they don't have to, because people are so afraid. People are just so terrified that they comply. So when you get to the point where you're threatening people's families, you're threatening people's livelihoods, like the guy, Ned Stabler, I think I mentioned to you, uh, I know someone personally who that he threatened this person's spouse's job for them being a uh, conservative, you know? So when you do that kind of stuff, when you engage in that type of stuff, I don't have to do anything else. I have you terrified. And, and then too, as you mentioned with technology, I do not think America will ever be a Marxist country. I think we'll be a technocratic society because you won't need government officials. You'll just have the machines do everything. You'll have the machines terrorize everybody. If you guys have, and I know some people are going to think this is Looney Tune or crazy, but if you have seen the videos of some of these robots, <laughs> you've seen the videos of some of these robots. I mean, and the intelligence of a lot of this technology you won't need people. You just have the robots and the technology do all the watching for people and you just intimidate them that way. So it's, you don't wait until something gets out of control before you say something. And I think that's precisely the problem throughout society. People wait until things are just absolutely out of hand to rise up. No, you say something now. The problem isn't the society. The problem is human beings. That. And not to go off on a tangent, but the reason why our system of government is set up the way it is is because of the condition of the human heart. Because humans have a tendency towards wickedness to we have a tendency to want to control one another is that you separate power and you, you don't centralize power that way you mitigate the level or the impact a particular person's wickedness can have on another person. But anytime you centralize that power, you give people unmitigated power over other people and there's nothing they can do. And, and people don't understand that. And they're, and they're so naive to think that in America, this stuff could never happen. It, it's slowly happening before our eyes. It just, your local news just doesn't report on it because they've become Goebbels Inc. Um, so Shane, I want to ask you, 
what other before we move on to the other thing you were telling me about um this other whistleblower because there's one whistleblower i've talked to if you guys watch monday's show or actually tuesday's show um but there's another one from dominion before we get to that um are there any other things regarding the fraud that we've seen through in the election that you feel like people aren't really talking about there's a lot of the big stories you know for example we talked about like the fake birthdays and you know uh, the one dominion whistleblower talked about how ballots were counted multiple times you know what are some other important keys to this story that you think we need to be focusing on well yeah i definitely i broke a, a story earlier this week uh it's, it's about dominion uh the uh kelly garrett who is the a uh, Democrat operative who's uh, the mayor of Lathrop Village, which is a very small area outside of Detroit and Southfield. So uh, this, this woman, uh, Kelly Garrett, uh, she was the Dominion project manager, and she helped broker the $25 million deal uh, to bring Dominion into the state back in 2017. Mm. So what, what, she, uh, what she did uh, was uh, an obvious conflict of interest, because at the time, she was the vice chair for the Oakland County Democratic Party. Mm. So while she was serving in this elected role as um, Oakland County Democratic Party vice chair, uh, she was brokering a deal to bring in the crooked software, Dominion, that, you know, even before, you know, this year, even Democrats were saying, Dominion, this is crazy. How are we bringing this in? This is nuts. Uh, a bunch of Democrat senators released a uh, uh, a letter saying that we must reject Dominion. Dominion is so ripe for fraud. It's so easy to throw votes. It's used to throw votes in other countries. How are we bring it here? It's nuts. So Elizabeth Warren and Ron Wyden signed that letter. Uh, John Oliver, the, uh, the, the snarky uh, HBO host guy, he did a big um, uh, segment on Dominion and how it was ripe for fraud. Let, let me cut uh, you off like, on that point real quick, Shane. When, when he did that segment, this was all before it came here, correct? Okay. Oh, this was, uh, I think, right as they were bringing it in here, perhaps, but this was certainly way before, you know, this year's election. But, okay. uh, you know, so Oliver, uh, this is what a, a hypocrite lowlife Oliver is. He did a segment about how it was ripe for fraud and then immediately after this year's election says, oh, there could never be fraud. Trump's just lying, you know, evil orange man is just lying, trying to be a fascist, steal the election. So all these people have sold their souls to Satan. I mean, they're, I mean, they're, they're taking orders from China. They're, you know, they're willing to sell us all out. So they're willing to sell the people, the good, honest, decent people of America out. And it's, it's really, really frightening. But, uh, but uh, Ms. Garrett, uh, she actually, uh, brought in Dominion while she was uh, working as a Democrat operative. She was also the, um, the voter protection uh, czar of sorts for the Michigan Democrat Party. I'm not sure if she was serving in that capacity when she brought Dominion over, but she was the, the so-called voter protection expert uh, for uh, the Democrat Party in Michigan. And she was bragging uh, in a campaign video that I obtained uh, where she was saying, oh, I could call up uh, Gretchen Whitmer right now. I could call up uh, Jocelyn Benson. I know him so well. I'm so well connected. So, you know, she really, you know, her big mouth really, uh, uh, really has hurt her now. You know, when she thought, when she was running for county commission, she thought, oh, I'm talk myself up in my bona fides and show how connected I am and how good I am. Well, now it shows, you know, that you're guilty of collusion and that you helped steal the vote. And one more thing I wanted to mention is the, the Garrett family. They're a big family, a very powerful family, particularly in the city of Detroit. Uh, there's a, another Garrett who's related to Kelly Garrett, who is uh, a state rep. There's another Garrett who is a judge. There's uh, another Garrett who is a, uh, the Wayne County clerk. There's another Garrett who uh, you know, runs a, a very uh, prestigious um, um, as the president of, uh, of like a, of a union type uh, organization, trade organization that's very powerful as well. So uh, at Big League Politics, we have requested a FOIA on the contract that uh, Dominion, that, that uh, Garrett uh, brought Dominion in with back in 2017. We've, re we've uh, requested uh, all the information pertaining to that contract and how it impacted subsequent elections. And I'm gonna be doing a lot of additional research on what I call the Garrett crime family and their role, their role in, in ruining this election and other nefarious acts that they may or may not be up to. 
it, it, you know, Shane, when you tell this, it's kind of o not overwhelming, but it's just like you have to take a minute to digest it all in because it's so crooked. I mean, yeah. So what does a what business? Let's let's start here. What business does a partisan have in brokering a deal to bring in new election software? That is, that, yeah. That's the first question. She's a partisan. That's not her job. That's the job of the Secretary of State's office, which is a partisan office, to be fair, but that's their responsibility to seek out the best software. So what business does she have brokering this deal? And we can't forget people. Don't forget that Peter Negev or whatever the heck his last name is. I know I'm butchering it. I, and I don't even care, to be honest with you. He was the chairman of the board for Smartmatic, who job, who that company does the tabulation for Dominion. And then this guy is Donald Joe Biden's transition team. Like, folks, that stinks. That stinks. Like, <laughs> and, and you know, they ask people, they're like, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. So you don't see anything wrong with partisans picking the election software? Of course, hold on. You think they're picking it for what reason? Of course, so they can win. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. I mean and, and then too, um, and you can maybe speak to this some as well. I talked about it before, like Dominion was used in Venezuela, correct? Yes, to my knowledge, yes. I mean, so. <laughs> yeah, Hugo Chavez is, you know, rigging, you know, that's how he rigged the elections, supposedly, so. And, and Dominion <laughs> is a Canadian company. And then from what I understand, Smartmatic is from, is a Spanish company. So it's just, it's just so much. It's like a, um, it's like a shuffle game. You know, it's like a shuffle game. They're very good at the shuffle game because you have to do the journalistic work, which again, mm -hmm. we, we do our mainstream news. I mean, I can't, that can't be repeated enough. I, I don't think I'm ever tired of calling these people out because to me, that's like my life's mission is to crush these folks simply because they're brainwashing the public, you know? But um, they, if they would just do their jobs, it's their job to connect the dots. Now everyday folks got to do it themselves and they just, any rate, so, so, what has happened with Garrett? What's, what's going on with her? Has she been exposed yet? Has she been called answer for this? Or what's going on with that? Uh, right now, again, it's just the story just broke. I know she like made all of her uh, social media accounts dark. So she's you know, it's apparently uh, possibly got something to hide. So she's definitely feeling the heat right now. But we're going to, you know, double and triple down on these reports keep it out there. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm going on uh, press junkets talking about this now in addition to the Detroit leaks. So uh, just doing what I can to get the, the word out about her and uh, being a villain uh, in, in this vote steal. And we're going to find out uh, exactly what that uh, contract is all about, uh, what the $25 million contract, what it exactly did, how it pertained to our elections, how it uh, was, was used in the elections. We're going to get to the bottom of all of this and Definitely, um, you know, perhaps, you know, I do know some people in Lathrop Village, so perhaps a, a, can't, a flyering campaign uh, against her might be in order, something to that effect. We have to keep the pressure on, you know, they're pressuring us with, with threats and with hate and with terror, but we have to pressure them by exposing them with the truth. And mm -hmm. uh, if uh, there's a lot of people, there's, you know, at least, you know, 70 some million Trump supporters out there and they're all, you know, or the vast majority of them are, are incredibly pissed about, about this steal. Mm -hmm. We have to make sure that, that, that they're out there, that they're agitating, that they're pushing back because, you know, you, we can't let something like this happen in our country. You know, this is the kind of thing that happens in a, a third world banana republic, and, and we can't let that happen here. We owe, we owe it to our, you know, our, our posterity and our, and our forefathers Amen. to fight this to the bitter end. Yeah, no, it's, it's two things you say. Like, I think of our forefathers, what they were willing to go through to make America what it is, we can do this to keep it. <laughs> we, we can yeah. do this to keep it. But when you mentioned the Banana Republic, I have a very good friend of mine um, from theology school. He's originally from Singapore, but he lives in Brooklyn now. And he was telling me that in Malaysia, this is a few years back that in Malaysia, that I guess they have kind of like a, a parliament, kind of like, you know how I think it's in England and a lot of countries, they have a parliament where you basically vote yeah. for the party. Then the party who's in charge picks their prime minister. Okay, something to that effect. But nevertheless, in Malaysia, they were having their elections and the incumbent party was losing. And so at the building where they were tallying the elections, all of a sudden the power goes out. So then suddenly it's like a blackout. So then once the power comes back on, 
the ballots are gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much what they, I mean, it's very similar to what they did here. I mean, oh, uh, we, we uh, Trump's way up. Uh, uh, we're going to pause all the votes. What? Why? Doesn't make any sense. And then, oh, here come all, here come the thousands and thousands and thousands of ballots. Who knows where they were? Well, uh, you can't prove it, but, uh, you know, here's all the mystery ballots and we're going to stand in front of the machine so you can't see them. You can't challenge them. It's like, yeah, this is third world stuff and they're, they're hoping to get away with it. I mean, they're, 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 I got to hand it to them in terms of being audacious uh, for trying to get away with something this big, this bold, this ridiculous. But, um, you know, they're, they're well on their way. I mean, they're, they're proceeding. I mean, they're, they're doing it. We, the, the, and again, this goes back to the press. The only reason why they're doing this is because the media covers up for them. Because if they knew they were going to get exposed, they, they, they wouldn't do this type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? They're just like people. It's like, if, if you knew no one was looking, what would you do? I mean, it's the, it's, the, mm -hmm. it's the same concept. And so, and I think people need to understand why this is important. And the, the catch is, you know, Trump supporters and conservatives, and even I have friends who don't vote. And this, that to me is really interesting. Friends of mine who don't vote, people I know who don't vote can clearly see what's happening. They see it as the most ridiculous thing ever. Mm -hmm. But people need to understand why this is so important. You have so many people celebrating and saying, oh, I don't care. I don't like Trump. You've been conditioned to hate Trump. That's what's happened. But never, I won't get off into the, the conditioning part. But when you have a primary election, now your votes won't matter. Now every person in power will be, will be handpicked for you. They will be handpicked for you. Is that what you want? You want no accountability, none whatsoever. None whatsoever. That is dangerous. That means these people can get away with them and the media will just cover it up because public, you know, it's like the, they call it the Overton window. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And the media shapes the Overton window hundred percent, you know? And so as long as they keep shifting people's Overton window and tell them don't matter, don't matter, you don't allow someone else to shape that window. That's something you have to define yourself of what's important to you and what you care about. And you, you can't ignore these things because it's, it's really dangerous. And when you, like we talk about the threats and intimidation, what happened with the Wayne County Board of Canvassers, but they're not the only people to see that. Now I recommend conservatives, and this is just me personally, on social media, I do not talk about my personal life. I just don't. And I have a very good reason for that because if you're a person, and if you're a person who doesn't speak out, then that's fine, you know? But if you're a person who speaks out about this stuff, do not have put anything about your personal life. All I say, you I mean, I guess you can know the area, people know the area I live in, but the, that's about it. That is about it because it, it can be very dangerous and the left will weaponize, um, they will weaponize anything they can to get what they want because they, they draw their morality from their political worldview. And this is kind of, as a Christian, I draw my morality from scripture. And then my morality, uh, my worldview determines my morality. And then my morality determines my politics. But for the left, it's the reverse. Their politics determine the morality and then that determines their worldview. It's really, it's like a, it's like a reverse thing. So they get their goodness from their politics. That's why they feel so, um, they feel so empowered and emboldened to to say this you know so it, it's it's horrible and so like for example um i just got word from um one of the the wayne county board members um is she because i asked first oh my god i'm i'm tripping out right now and the reason why i just like my i feel like i can't breathe like my nose just got weird and the reason why i'm saying this i'm having a strange reaction so the one wayne county board of canvasser like my heart is racing right now monica palmer um, she was sent threatening photos. Um, one of these people sent images of her daughter. I feel like crying. They sent images of her daughter and threatened her daughter. And they sent pictures of a dead little girl and threatened her daughter. Um, and so the reason why I feel like crying is that it's so evil. That is so evil over politics to threaten someone's child. How can you do that? And so I didn't mention it at first because I wanted to get Monica's approval before I talked about that. Because the comment I mentioned earlier was like, on public display because it's a Zoom call. And so while me and you were talking and I looked at my phone and she said I could and sent me some more of the messages. So that's why I'm kind of tearing up because that is just so evil. Just threaten a little girl to kill her daughter if she doesn't prove votes. People, I'm, I'm not gonna curse because the Holy Spirit stopped me, but we have to fight. We have to bring the smoke to these people like never before. When you get to the point that you threaten to kill a little girl because her mother doesn't want to certify vote, we cannot have that. We, we cannot have that. We, we just can't. We just can't. And I'm calling on all my conservatives to, to fight with everything we have. We have to keep exposing these people 
We have to protect our friends and our family members. And if anyone tries to harm any one of us, we all have to band together and bring the hope, the smoke. We have to, it's, it's, it's done. When you th get to the point where you're threatening to kill people's kids, like, I'm sorry, I know this kind of went left field, but I just, I just can't believe this right now. I just, <laughs> wow. I mean, because like it's I said, a, she, yeah. she, sent it, she sent it to me, like literally like, like while we're talking, she sends it to me and I'm like, oh my God, I have, ever to me, any Democratic Party worker, not the voters, but to me, any Democratic Party operative, their officials, to me, they are public enemy number one, period. And I, and I don't regret my comment. I don't regret, I don't regret yeah, my um, comment. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's getting really bad, but I think that anyone who, who is a conservative who does step up, you know, they have to stand strong no matter what. I mean, um, you know, capitulating is is only going to embolden them. So by, you know, uh, Monica and Bill, by, you know, uh, going along with it and going along with the Democrat steal, now what's going to happen? They're going to do this in every state. They're, they know it works. So we're going to terrorize their families. We're going to threaten their families because that's, that's what will get them to capitulate. And right now, if you go on, you know, so, uh, left-wing Twitter, uh, the heroes are the hero. They're heroes of democracy. The the terrorists who uh, threaten the families of the people who wanted to stop the vote steal. They're heroes for democracy to these people. So these 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 people are very sick. They're they're very disgusting, and you know they're they're enemy combatants. I I see them as being much much worse than ISIS could ever hope to be in undermining our freedom and constitution, our republic. And no, because they're doing it to their own countrymen. I, 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 forget, I don't care what country anybody's from. I'm not going to threaten to kill someone's child. You know what I'm saying? I, in no circumstance would I ever threaten to take someone's life. The only condition that I would take someone's life is if they were posing an immediate threat. And when I say immediate, I don't mean like, I don't like you and I think you're crazy. But I mean like an immediate threat to me or my family. That's the only way. That's the only way. I was threatened, so not, not even threatened, I was directly. I remember once uh, I was visiting with my parents and my dad was out in his garden and the neighbor's dog jumped the fence. And like in that moment, I, I felt no fear. Like I walked, I'm hilarious because what happened was is that my dad was in his garden, the dog surprised him. So like he tripped down. So this is big dog, he, he tripped down and he didn't really have anything. He was just like working in his garden. So it threw him off guard. And so he fell down. And so all I looked out and I see my dad on the ground and this dog charged at him. Shane, in that moment, I felt no fear. Like I was like, this dog mm -hmm. is done. Like I'm with my two hands, I'm going to kill this dog, you know? Cause just it, it, in that moment. But the, other than that, I have never felt the compulsion or desire to want to kill somebody or, <laughs> and yeah. especially a little girl. I'm, oh my God, I can't, I can't, I can't say it enough. I can't say it enough. That's just. But I mean, this, this is what they're going to do. I mean, this is what, I mean, they're already talking about, oh, we're going to throw Trump in jail. It's like, for what crime? Well, we'll just make one up. We're going to throw his family in jail. Well, for what? Uh, you know, we'll, we'll make something up. So, and they're already talking about, you know, if you're a Trump supporter, you can't go in public, you can't have a job uh, because, you know, you wanted to make America great again. And you, you wanted to, to not to, you didn't want America to become a, a Chinese colony uh, so you went against the agenda. So now you're going to be punished with some sort of, you know, big brother regime. And that's what I also think, you know, uh, as an aside, the, you know, the COVID and the, and all the riots that have happened. Uh, I think that's all, pun I think it's all a big punishment regime uh, from China, from the globalists. Uh, we were, we were bad globalists. We, we wanted to have a country, we wanted to have sovereignty, we wanted to have freedom. Now we're getting punished. And this is war. This is uh this, and this war ain't going away. Even if the, the mm. vote steal is reversed, this war is not going away anytime soon. Uh, you know, the, the left has a lot of momentum behind them. They have the entire institutional uh, support. They have the entire, they have all levers of institutional power seemingly on their side. So, you know, it's just us, you know, it's the people, the grassroots against everybody pretty much. And we have to stand strong. We can't let them break us. We can't let them uh, you know, uh, ruin our spirits. You know, I went to the Million MAGA March in Washington, mm. D.C. Uh, this last week, and it was so invigorating to see all these people against the odds. You know, they've been called every name in the book. Uh, they've been told their, you know, voice doesn't matter. Their vote doesn't count. Uh, they're going to steal it anyway, and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, they, they went and they, they showed in mass 
that, you know, there's an army behind Trump. You know, they might have their army of, of terrorists and lowlifes and pedophiles and uh, mm -hmm. kid abusers and scumbags, but we have our army of decent, moral, kind Christian Americans. And uh, hopefully, you know, more and more people are, are, you know, seeing the light, seeing what the battle is all about, what the fight's all about, and they're readying themselves. And that's all we can do is, is just, you know, stay as, stay calm, uh, you know, for the most part, don't panic, uh, you know, pray and, you know, get out there and organize and, and battle. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing, you got to stay calm and pray, you know, because I'm still just kind of shaking up because I just, like I said, I wasn't expecting to, to, to see that. I'm like, you know, like, oh my God, you know, um, you're right. And it's to be calm and pray, you know, because you, you can't, ultimately, this is a spiritual battle. You know, it's, you know, it's not about loyal political opposition. You know what I mean? It used to be about that. It used to be where we would just debate maybe some tax policy. To me, the only thing that was always spiritual was abortion. Um, I don't know. I'll share with you this video. Um, it's called Choice 42 or Choice 42. That's actually what it's called. It's Canadian organization, but they did a wonderful video. Not It's not wonderful in it's happy, but the they made like a cartoon, if you will, talking about how abortion is child sacrifice. And they basically went down and explained like through the ages, people have always sacrificed their children. And it's typically to this false God, hoping they'll get rain or prosperity or whatever else or success. But now in America, we sacrifice our kids to the God of self. So I kill my children. So um, I kill my children. That way I can have money and fame and power. And the way it's done, it was just so wonderfully created to show. To me, that has always been a spiritual fight. Now, when it comes, like I said, tax policies, I know some people who are Christians who are what we call like socially conservative, but they're they're financially or fiscally liberal, if you will. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I disagree with them, but to me, that's not immoral. I think some of it's wrong, but I'm not, you know what I'm saying? But when you get to the point of killing children and you guys want to do these transgender little kids, I mean... Mm -hmm. The stuff they're pushing is so disgusting because, you know, I know we didn't plan on talking about this, but I guess the conversation's going here. We're going to wrap up soon. But when you get to the point where you think it's okay to inject puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones into little children, like, you're nuts. Like, that's a spiritual problem. Like, that's not even saying. If you want to say, oh, we should increase taxes or, you know, I believe in a flat tax. If I make a million dollars, if I make $10,000, if you tax me 10%, it's the same thing. I mean, it's, and when I say it's the same, you still get more money out of the 10, the million. It's, it's a percentage, but neither here nor there. But when you get to the point where you think it's okay to, to butcher children, to murder kids, or to butcher the bodies of children literally and sterilize them, or like the case of James Younger, I mean, this is no longer just politics. This is a complete spiritual fight that we're in. So, you know, what, what you know, we, we can't reason with these people. So our first step is to pray. Our first step is to pray and to ask God for guidance and to make sure that we're always doing things according to his will and plan, not our own, because I'm guilty of that. Because sometimes I'm like ready to get in my flesh and, and say what Christina wants, but that's not what God wants me to say. So that's always the first thing. But then once we seek guidance for God, then we act on those orders. But it is always important to remember, you always have a right to defend yourself. You know, no one is. Um, and that's the thing I think people need to understand as Christians, you know, you have a right to defend yourself. You know, of course, your first step is going to be pray to see God and hope that he changed their heart. But if, if people want to commit acts of violence against you, I'm not going to lay there and say, oh, Jesus, please stop this person from assaulting me, especially when I have the means and opportunity to defend myself. But we have to think and pray and we have to be very strategic. And, and I want to say also as conservatives, we do not want to take on the left tactics. You know what I'm saying? So if someone's threatened your family, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to threaten your family. Like, we don't want to do that. You know, we don't want to get into that. And I, and I kind of see a segment of conservatives kind of falling into that because it's really easy. And I actually, I don't blame them because we're under attack. So when people feel threatened, because the left, they fake, they're, they're not threatened. They just make things up. But many conservatives feel very threatened. Like we're threatened. They're threatening people's families. They're threatened. They're sending, uh, they're threatening to kill a child. Like, you know, what do we do? You know? And so that can sometimes lead a person to want to let's, let's go pick up arms and start fighting them first. And, and that's not what you want to do. That's not what God wants us to do. That's not what we want to do. We want to first pray. We want to seek the Holy Spirit. But then, you know, if, if people want to um, come and bring harm to you, then of course you have every right to defend yourself in your person and in your community as well. I, I definitely agree with every word of that. And yeah, the, the stuff that we're seeing is uh, is so far out of bounds. I mean, no one could have even uh, 
pictured any of this stuff happening like five or six years ago. Um, you never thought it, it could happen, at least, you know, not for a very long time, but now it's here. Uh, you know, they went from, you know, uh, back when I was more of a libertarian, I supported at the very least, you know, I didn't want, uh, you know, compulsory gay marriages or anything like that, uh, you know, ordained by Christians by force or anything like that. But I thought, you know, if, if a couple of gay people want to get married, what's the big deal? Mm -hmm. Well, the big deal is that's going to lead the, the slippery slope down to where yep. now we're, you know, cutting little kids' genitals off and, and brainwashing them and allowing them to be groomed by homosexual predators and so on and so forth. So they open the door and then it gets substantially worse. The slippery slope is not a fallacy. Yes. That's how they do things. That's how they do it. They'll, they'll get you, they'll, they'll, they'll throw something out there that seems reasonable and then they'll build upon that with just more grotesque and heinous measures from there. And the drag queen story hour and the transgender kids is probably one of the best examples of that, of how something went from, oh, it's just equality to, you know, we're, we're cutting the, the little boy's uh, testicles off. So it's, it's totally insane. People who support it are, you know, we need to pray for them. I mean, it's hard. It's hard not to have just, <laughs> in, my, in my opinion, in, in my case, it's not, it's hard not to have just sheer disdain for these people, just mm -hmm. total contempt. But, you know, that's what, that's why you have to read the Bible and you have to pray is because you, you these people are sick. They're victims of the system in many regards. They've been indoctrinated. And you can reach those people and change their hearts with the truth of Christ. So that's what I want to do. I, I support, you know, some sort of Christian nationalism to bring uh, the country together, the good, moral, decent people uh, together in this country uh, around, uh, you know, not just constitutional values, but biblical values as well. I think that's what we need moving forward. We need definitely more of a Christian religious aspect of our society to be restored um, without that, we're totally doomed. Mm. And, uh, you know, we may, we may be doomed anyway, but I think that, uh, we, we should never quit fighting, never quit fighting to the bitter end, because I think we owe it to our creator, to our, uh, yeah. to our posterity and to our, the forefathers who laid it all on the line to give us liberty. Yeah. You know, and, and really quick, Shane, when you're so right about the slippery slope, I remember Bill O'Reilly and, you know, all of us probably went, cause I'm 35. I don't know how old you are, but we all many times have the one conservative program or show or whatever that got you going. And I would say I would credit Bill O'Reilly um, because he talked about things no one else was talking about. And he said the same thing you said. He said it's a slippery slope because, you know, and, and no stereotype alert here. Nobody shoot me down. But I played basketball throughout high school and college and middle school. So a lot of my friends growing up, they were lesbian. And so, you know, and I'm friends with some of these women to this day. And so nevertheless, you know, when the whole issue of gay marriage came up, I'm like, oh, well, they're nice people. These are my friends. And they are nice. These women are very nice people, you know. And I'm like, oh, well, they're nice people or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? You know, that's them. Not something I would do, but that's something. That... But then as you say, as you get older, you realize it doesn't work like that. It's not, it's a slippery slope and it, <laughs> and it keeps devolving and it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where, like you said, where we're now in, uh, putting cross-sex hormones in children, you know, and, and, and most people don't see it like that. And that's what people need to understand it's not about your neighbor, your kid, your friend. That's not the point. No one wants to harm them. I wish them well. I pray for them. Be friends with people. You know, break bread with people. That's fine. No one's saying that. But the political LGBT movement is not the same as your neighbor. The political LGBT movement is not the same as your kid or your friend or your grandchild. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about this political movement to indoctrinate society with sexual perversion. Because as you're right, pedophilia is going to be normalized. And if people think that we're over-exaggerating, thinking about it like this. If you're going, not you, of course, Shane, but if a person's going to make the claim that a child has the sexual autonomy to be transgender, then how can you therefore say the child doesn't have the sexual autonomy to engage in sex? You, 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 you can't, either they sexually autonomous or not, because the whole reason why it's illegal for children to have sex, because we say they lack the autonomy to make that type of choice. And so how are we not going to say that they do? It, it, it doesn't make sense. Either they do or they don't. And it's only going to get worse. And this whole equality act did a lot. And I was just so grotesque, grossed out by Christians back in Joe Biden. I'm like, you do know that the LGBT hammer is going to be used against the church. They're like, you do know that. And then, oh no, orange man bad, orange man bad, orange man bad. You know, but Shane, I got to wrap up. I want to give you the last word. Anything you want to say, please say all your, your, con your social media context, your website. I want to give you the last word. Okay, thank you. And I'd like to add just uh, to your previous point 
Uh, yeah, it, it is. They're already going headlong into mainstreaming pedophilia. Uh, I, I did an article on a, a university, uh, I believe he was a, somewhere in Texas, a university professor. He wrote about how, quote unquote, pederastic intimacy uh, is not a bad thing and it's natural and it should be mainstreamed. Uh, there's um, a guy named uh, Dr. Cantor. Uh, he's the guy who invented the term minor attracted persons, not pedophiles. They're just minor attracted persons and they're not all bad. Some of them are virtuous and they don't act on their you know, compulsion to prey on kids. So they're good, they're good uh, pedophiles and they're just minor attracted persons. Wow. And it seems like all these people are, you know, not so coincidentally homosexuals, but yeah, minor attracted persons and, and Twitter uh, will allow, you know, they'll boot you a conservative for saying pro-Trump stuff or exposing the vote steal, but they will allow, they explicitly amended their terms of service, Twitter did, to allow minor attracted persons, meaning pedophile, child rapists, to network on the platform and discuss the finer points of raping children on the platform. So that is allowed explicitly by Twitter. So yes, they are mainstreaming pedophilia and that's what the LGBT agenda is all about. But uh, yeah, thank you for letting me go off there. Uh, one more okay. thing I wanted to mention, the, the Detroit Leaks part two of the series is coming out today. So I'll be uploading that immediately after I get off of this podcast, so go to bitshoot.com that's a b-i-t-c-h-u-t-e.com slash detroit leaks and you'll be able to get that video tonight also check me out on uh, bigleaguepolitics.com we're going to be continuing to document all the evidence of the vote steal and many other topics that i'm sure uh, you'll find very interesting all right. Thank you so much, Shane, for joining us on It's Solid Food. So you can check me out on all major podcast platforms. You can go to my website, which is still under construction. Always, it's always under construction, right? www.christinacaramo.com. You can also check me out on Facebook and YouTube at The Christina Caramo Project. Instagram at Karamo the Great. That's Karamo the G-R and the number eight. And remember to be brave and bold because the gospel of Jesus Christ must be told. Toodles!